Welcome to the session, a basketball podcast. I'm your co-host, Ben, and I'm with... This is Omar. Omar, I'm so excited for this episode. Why are you excited, man? I just have... There's just so much content and just so much to talk about, which is surprising considering the lockdown is still there yeah. and basketball still hasn't started, but... Look, I've got some things that I want to talk about with you, and I'm super excited to talk about it. What have I always said? We are called a basketball podcast, but we're really an off-season podcast. Like that, <laughs> This is when we shine. This is our prime. <laughs> this when, is our prime, baby. When there's no basketball going on, games haven't been played like in over a month or whatever. That's when like we creep out on, from under our caves and we're like, oh, you guys want a basketball podcast? Let's not hype up the offseason too much because we have a history of hyping something up to the extreme and then just completely letting go. Item ahead so, of So <laughs> it's already starting. But um, I don't know why it is, Omar, but I know that we do um, our podcast weekly, but it seems like so much has happened since last week. Yeah. And um, there's just been a lot, man. So I'm so excited to hear what you've been up to, hearing updates on your life and how you've been spending the time. So go ahead and get started, man. I know you're yeah. on vacation. So give me yeah. some updates, man. How's, how are things? So, so I'm on vacation. Um, uh, but unfortunately, uh, you know, I've still had to kind of work here and there, which uh, sometimes is a full a bit, vacation. It's not, it's not, it's not a full vacation. It's not one of those vacations where you can kind of, you know, just turn off and then not even like check your email or think about it, yeah. which to be fair, I mean, what was I even supposed to do? I can't go anywhere. I can't do anything. So yeah. it's been a bit of like, you know, still staying in the loop here and there, but it's been good, a good break. I'm glad. I guess I'm getting to experience some of the, you know, the tweets that people have been talking about how they're in quarantine and they have nothing to do. And it's like in the past, I'd always been working. And now it's like, damn, bored in the house and I'm in the house that anymore. Like, yeah, yeah <laughs> like straight up. So uh, I don't know. Music's been, music's been big for me. I've been going through like new artists, new albums and things like that. For me personally, I recently got into Dua Lipa. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And there's not like... Her fans actually, that are listening to this, like it's bullshit. actually Doa Yipa. Ah, Doa. Yeah, Doa. <laughs> For yeah, those Dua of you who can't see our faces, by the way, let me get this out of the way. You can't see our faces or our hand actions and all that. Come over to our YouTube channel, watch the Zoom video. You're going to enjoy it a lot more. It's going to be a great experience, but still rate it five stars on Apple Podcasts. You know, still do that. I'm not going to let you off the hook that easily. So, uh, Dua Lipa, I've been uh, getting into her music. So she dropped an album. I don't know if it's like that recent, but I think it's called Future Nostalgia or something like that. And that's a it's a sick album. So I've been super into that. Unfortunately, I think like people, you're gonna judge me because I kind of got into her music because I heard it on TikTok. Like a lot of TikTok. TikToks would use uh, her songs and stuff like that. And now I'm like super into it. So that's been big for me. I don't know. Are, are you, no do you here, listen man. to pop? Do you listen to like radio top 40 pop is because I think that's how I'd classify Dua Lipa. 100% man. I mean, like the thing about music is I used to be like uh, in my teenage, like in my teenage years, I would be really big on, oh, it's like on flow 93.5 or even worse, Z1 to 3.5 or yeah. even worse than that, Chum 99.9, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> I used to be really big on that. Like, why is it on the radio? If it's on the radio, it must be bad. But that's not true at all. Like you, it's called pop music because it's popular and it's appealing to listen to it for a lot of people and me included. 
Um, no, admittedly, I haven't heard too much of Dua Lipa, so you're gonna have to like describe the type of sounds or the type of music that she does make. Yeah, honestly, for some reason, I I'm getting like somewhat of like Katy Perry vibes from her music. Like I'm talking like you know late two thousands Katy Perry vibe and stuff like that. And I don't, I honestly don't know how how did it's not like her content is like Katy perry content which is like um but the at least the way she's singing and some for some reason the production sounds really similar to me i might be completely off there but i really like that and it's not as it's not sad music which i normally tend to like i mean like (laughs) or like when when i'm normally listening to like you know pop and stuff like that i'm usually it's got like a sad tilt to it like lana del rey florence the machine like stuff like that um love them yeah but it and i and i love them too but it's not sad like her music at least it doesn't seem sad it's like i don't know it's just hype and i, I like it that's why i think maybe that's why i'm getting the Katy perry comparison from yeah i mean like uh, especially now just because of how much you know like music is available um the radio can sometimes introduce you to new new artists and yeah you can honestly f- like that's what the radio is for i know there was a certain period um and you know it still happens to this day as well like you know, with certain artists like Drake or Kanye or whatever, they're just going to keep playing that and keep playing that one song over yeah. and over again. I remember my commute when I would go to the uh, to Mandeville Go Train, uh, the station, I would just be playing the radio because I'm too lazy to figure out my aux and sometimes I'd change the Bluetooth. <laughs> it's a long story. So sometimes I'll just listen to the radio uh, after going through the hell that is Peter Cash and whoever her other, whoever yeah. his partner is don't like them but <laughs> sometimes they play good music and i got introduced to a lot of artists and you had mentioned uh tiktok Matt, do you know how many uh how many artists nilesy niles a youtuber has put me on yeah nilesy niles put, put some heat in his in his funny ass videos you know what i'm saying like there's some i gotta good check ass out music. his tiktok man i used to love his youtube videos i haven't seen him on tiktok yeah i, I mean youtube vine um youtube comments like you you have no idea where you can find some of these some of these artists uh but they can surprise you man they have some good music it's crazy how the different routes that sometimes music can blow up through i remember uh well no i don't remember but i know that back in the day if an artist got uh airplay airtime like if a if a dj on a radio played a certain new artist or something like that that would be like damn everyone's going to be exposed to him because radio was how you found out about new music but i'm forgetting which artist and which song it was but i remember it's like kylie jenner had it playing on the background of a snapchat or something like oh yeah an ig story blows up all of a sudden right someone has it on the in one of their tiktoks song blows up or something like that so it's like a youtube comment with a hundred thumbs up is what got me to a lot of music yeah you know what i'm saying like it'd be a youtube comment like maybe it'd be like um I don't know, like some old school artists. I just want, I just wanted to listen to some golden age hip hop stuff. I go down to the YouTube comments and see like, oh, but you guys got to check out so-and-so. And yeah. sometimes it'll be like those whack-ass comments. It'll be like, <laughs> I'm three years old and I love, you know, Big L. But yeah. you know what? Big L is a terrific artist. He's one of my yeah. favorite artists, actually. I love his punchlines. Yeah. So you can get introduced to a wide channel of music yeah. through social media. And it's crazy. You know, you know, just on that topic, you know, like when you listen to Hip Hop Saved My Life, I know you love Lupe Fiasco. Yep. How crazy is it how things have changed? Um, so that song, it's on the cool and it's based off Slim Thug, who's okay. a, a Houston rapper, I believe. He's like a Southern rapper. 
um, his song was Stack That Cheese or something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was coming from poverty. He was living in the streets. He had a very difficult time um, financially. And he had this one freestyle or he made a song called Stack That Cheese. And it came on the radio. And because of that, he was like, you know, so, just celebrating. It was the happiest moment of his life because the radio had so much exposure back then. Yeah. But now you mentioned a Kylie Jenner Snapchat, a snippet yeah. of maybe five to seven seconds is going to do so much more than radio nowadays. And yeah. I think considering it's probably around 15 years how big of a change that's happened in 15 years where radio was a thing and now it's all based off Snapchat and celebrities and media, how they push that so much. It's really interesting to think about. And, and you know, the, the channels through which an artist can blow up and the, and the ways that they, the, the, the path that they can go through kind of also influences the music style. You'll see a lot of songs, you know, back in the day were, around the same length they'd have the same structure you know you'd have two verses you'd have a hook you'd have a you'd have a feature like it'd be structured the same way but music nowadays like you have one minute long songs or something like that on albums like a lot yeah. of new gen artists and things like that and that's not radio friendly quote unquote right because radio's really structured it's like we're gonna play six songs and we're gonna have yeah. a commercial and, and and so on and so forth so it's it's interesting to see how that how that is now like snippets if that's how you blow up all you need is a fire snippet then that's it honestly it really does seem like that's the case and um you know like i guess while we are on the the topic of radio songs what really kind of irked me is how people are getting at drake for tusi slide yeah Uh, they're talking about oh he's just hopping on the talk wave Yo, was Soldier Boy cranked out? Was he hopping on a wave then? Yeah. You know, was Lean with the Rock with it or Shoulder Lean? Was that hopping on a wave back then? Like, that's just, that's been music since the 80s, since Curtis Blow was telling everybody to put their hands up in the air, waving around like you just don't care. It, it, like, it's ridiculous to me how yeah. people just really want to hate on Drake. Yeah. And I think what really blew me um, up top all the way just, really really irked me was i saw a toronto sun newspaper saying that drake hasn't done a lot for toronto uh, what drake classic, classic toronto sun drake hasn't done a lot for toronto yeah okay people I just mean, want a reason to hate yeah, man it, it's true it's like it doesn't matter what drake does People have already made up their mind about what they think Drake is. It doesn't matter what music Drake That's makes. Right. It's like Drake can drop anything, and then someone will just be like, "Now nah, you know what? It's not Take Care. That's not that's uh, <laughs> like, like yeah." The, and 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 if he drops literally like Take Care too, it'd be like, "Oh, look at Drake trying to mooch off of the success of Take Care or something like that." It's like they've already made up their mind. Or it's like if Drake uh, raps, you know, he he brings on. Um, uh, British grime rappers or something like that. And like, he has like a, a really like dirty uh, freestyle or something like that. People are just gonna be like, Oh, look at him hopping on that wave. If Drake makes a dance track, it's like, people are like, Oh, look at Drake hopping on this uh, Latin music wave or whatever. It's like, people will always pick apart what he, what he does. And so for him, I, I support like everything that Drake does. Cause it's like, man, do you like people are going to hate on you regardless. This is like the definition of people will hate on you yeah. regardless. Just literally do whatever you want. Make as much money as you want. Make whatever kind of music you want. Like you've made it. You've gotten to this point where 
I don't know. I think he's like Jay-Z status where it's like Jay-Z could drop whatever kind of album he wants. He wants to drop a woke album. He wants to drop something else. Like he, you have that, you have that allowance now. I'm not going to judge your music career by your most recent work, by your most recent two C slide song or something like that. Kanye could drop a gospel album and I'm going to be like, you know what? Maybe that's not for me, but that doesn't mean I'm going to hate Kanye. I'm going to be like, no, this guy has put out uh, an amazing body of work that I love. You have the the uh, the leeway, or like I'm forgetting what it what it, what the word is, but to do yeah. whatever the hell you want to do at this point in your career. Yeah, you brought up uh, you brought up a lot of interesting ideas with with what you said, and um, I think you know, like it's funny because what you were talking about, like with Drake. Oh, it's not take care, Drake. Yeah. So one of the more recent songs that I was listening to, and I think I, I think I talked about the last podcast, uh, was Kid Cudi and uh, Dot the Genius just came out with a quote unquote new track. Uh, so uh, it's called Leader of the Delinquents. Love the song. This is Cudi dropping bars. This is Cudi the Kid mixtape Cudi. You know what I'm saying? Like back in oh what oh seven or oh eight or whatever, whenever he dropped it. Love the song, but you go on comments and people are still getting, Hey, oh, Kid Cuddy, this isn't the Cuddy that I used to love, or this isn't Cuddy dropping, whatever. Classic. Cuddy changed a whole lot. Later, you find out what's so funny about this is this is actually an old track. This is actually from the time when Cuddy, you know, like you can quote unquote prime Cuddy to certain people. The, that's a track from there, but people will still hate because you're yeah. right. They already made a decision with how they feel about this person. Yeah. And it's funny because we're going to get into this when we talk basketball. It's the same sort of idea. People already made opinions and that's not going to change regardless of a documentary, a 10 part documentary. Yeah. It's not going to change people's opinions on it. You can, you can find new ways to kind of, you know, to bring, other ideas to the table but those ideas are just going to be as easily dismissed as you got them there's nothing to it you know what i'm saying um it's crazy it's like uh, cuddy for example he when he was starting out like every new artist starting out you have an uphill battle to gain fans right it's like you alone are the only one that likes your music when you're first starting out no one else has heard it no one else likes it you need to start winning fans over right and then your listener base starts growing and all of a sudden you have a following, you know, first it might be small and then you get bigger and bigger. And now you have a whole bunch of people that follow you. And then it's like at this, I'm going to say second half of your career or whatever, at a certain point, there's a turning point where all those people that you gathered that loved your music, you now kind of need to like just fight to keep winning them over. It's not so much about getting new listeners because the people that listen to Cuddy are going to, are going to check it out. It's about retaining. It's almost yeah. like attrition at that point where it's like Kanye, like, Kanye's not going to get new listeners really, right? Like the, everyone's going to listen to Kanye, but it's just a matter of the next album that comes out, how many people will still call themselves Kanye fans? How many people will still support this artist or something like that? So it's almost like you're fighting against your own fans. All these people that all this uh, following that you work to build, it's now uh, you're, you're having to like win them over every single time to just give them a reason to stay. That's, you know, prime example is M. He's been fighting a lot, um, you know, with with uh, with his own fans, just trying to make sure that they stay, right? Like that's a huge part of you know, like what's been what's been going on with his with his fan base, and they are probably the most, you know, the toughest ones because mm -hmm. you have such high standard for him, and 
you know, it, it's one thing to compare to 2008 Kanye to 2018 sounds and the type of whatever that Kanye was going through then versus now was pretty different. But when you compare 2001 Eminem to 2020 Eminem, it's very, very different. Uh, Omar, I'm actually just going to drop out the call really quickly because I am lagging a little bit. So I'm just going to join back in one one quick second. Sure thing. Yeah, reset reset your internet. All good. We're doing it live, listeners. So you're about to hear all of this. So you're going to see me alone for a little bit, but then Ben will rejoin. It'll be all good. So uh, this is a perfect opportunity, actually, for me to plug all the stuff that we normally do at the end of the pod. First and foremost, whatever platform you're listening on or watching on, if you're on YouTube, make sure you leave a rating, leave a review, comment, five stars, whatever it's got to be on that platform. Uh, It really helps us out. It helps get our podcast more exposure. I mean, I know a lot of our listeners are like consistent listeners that have been listening for a really long time that we might even know in person, but you'd be surprised. I mean, recently, Ben and I were looking at our analytics and we look at a heat map of where our listeners are and they're all over the world and it's crazy we have listeners in australia the netherlands uh philippines south africa like it's crazy where people are listening to this podcast from and all of that is because of the support and the exposure that that you guys have given us so i mean it means a lot i really appreciate ben and i both really appreciate it all so just make sure you're continuing to support on that platform if it's youtube drop a like subscribe if it's apple Podcasts five-star rating. It only takes a few seconds, but it really helps us out. And I mean, other than that, make sure, make sure you come over to our Instagram page. It's The Session Ball. Again, that's Instagram, The Session Ball. We use that to let you know when new episodes are uploaded. Other than that, we we also post memes. You know, we'll, we'll do mailbag posts on our stories and, and things like that. So it's a great way to stay engaged. If you like the podcast and you want to, you know, continue to stay plugged in, come over to that Instagram, The Session Ball. Hi, Omar. Hey, ben. I'm back. There we go. There we go. And we are back into the pod. So I was just telling the listeners, man, we're doing it live. This is quarantine podcast, man. Like, this quarantine it don't podcast. matter. Like, we will adapt and we will keep moving no matter what happens. My mom walks in. Your dad brings in food. To your, we just keep rolling, <laughs> man. Tape keeps rolling. Of course, man. Of course. Yeah. But, you know, we brought up quite a bit with music. Yeah. Um, you know, has there been any other artists that you've been listening to or any yeah. other any other songs or anything that you've been listening to? So, so people that know me know that I love Division. Like Division, um, they are uh, the duo, the R and B duo out of. I think they're signed to OVO or you know affiliated with Drake or whatever. I love their music. I mean, that's like my perfect kind of music. So they had, uh, they dropped a recent album, uh, Amuse in Her Feelings, Amuse in Their Feelings. Uh, I'm gonna get the name wrong and I'm gonna feel dumb about it, but. Um, uh, amusing her feelings and it's their third album so they had um i believe it was called september 5th and then and then i'm forgetting the the name before that Yeah, because that's exactly what division is forgettable go on oh my god september 5th and morning after and i loved both of those albums honestly it's <laughs> so it's so much fun when you when you find a uh, when you find an artist that's new and you, you, they have one of your al- one album out and you love it and then they drop a second and the best feeling in the world is saying holy crap, like I don't know which one I like better because normally there's always that, you know, that bias and that lean towards the prior work, right? I mean, I'm guilty of it. We talked about it when we're talking about The weekend. I feel like I incorrectly compare everything back to Trilogy. You know, whatever comes out is always that lean back to, man, but Trilogy was so good. I feel it's such a great feeling to just look at it and be like, I honestly think the sequel might be better than the original. Like that's yeah. crazy. And that's not true for 
many, if not most artists, right? Most movies, most everything, people always say like, it's a hipster thing to do. Like, oh, you know, the original was better or whatever. Now, I, I given that, I hate saying this, but honestly, maybe this album would grow on me, but I don't know. I think the, oh, wow. the first, yeah, I think the first two were like head and shoulders above this one. And and that's not to say this is bad and maybe maybe it'll grow on me, but the first two albums, they didn't need any time for, for it to grow on me. I mean, literally first listen, I was blown away. And I love when music can do that. It captures you right away. And it's not one of those things where it's like, I'm listening to it, I'm like, hmm, maybe it'll grow on me and it'll come you know, over time, it, it, I'll, I'll enjoy it more. I love when I can just listen to a new artist, new album for the first time. And it's like, boom, I already know this is a classic. This is going to be in my rotation for years to come. So have you, have you heard it? Do you like Division's music? Like, what are your thoughts? <laughs> so with Division, I was thinking about it because uh, you were texting me just to, you know, kind of check out the album. Yeah. And um, I didn't get around to it yet just because I was listening to some other stuff. Yeah. But <laughs> the way I would describe Division is it's music made for painters who can't paint. <laughs> so it's basically like, you know, like people who are artists and like who can paint and they really just want to pretend like they're super into the zone. You oh know my like, God. Oh, these sounds are so crazy. I'm so, I'm so inspired right now. And then they a barn with a three-legged cat as a painting. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> it's, that's how I feel about division. Yeah, I don't actually know. so oh. savage. <laughs> actually so savage division please disregard everything he's saying division i'm sorry but i just i just cannot you know september 5th you know, like the album was actually pretty good there were certain sounds that i did like um and i think what it was was just like <laughs> it's just like ooh, look i can hear from only my left ear and now it's my right ear you know what i mean it's like low iq fake Sad oh, music, big sad it's, boy it's music. It's the Madiba rhythm of uh, <laughs> music. But you know what? Like, I can see why people like. Uh, I can see why people like Division. Um, no, me, no, you can't just say something mean <laughs> as hell like that, roasting the people that like that music, and then at the end be like, "Yeah, I can see why people like it." That's just, that's I know, just an even meaner thing to say. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I can see why people like it because they're idiots. <laughs> you know, I, I I know a lot of fake painters and fake artists myself, oh. and. Uh, perfectly made for you know, <laughs> caters to them but you know you when you brought up um you know when you've listened to the uh the first album and then you know like a sophomore album right after and you're like oh wow i don't know which one i like more that's actually how i felt about majed jordan man i yeah. love them i love majed jordan the space between at first i'm just like comparing it to um their previous album, which I think is just self-titled. Yeah, I think it's self-titled. Self-titled. Yeah. And um, I'm just like, oh, they didn't make anything like King City. But then afterwards, I'm like, oh my goodness gracious, this album is great. Yeah. I replayed that album front to back so many times just because of how much I love Majet Jordan. And you know what? Now that we're on that, dude, major shout out to Toronto. Yeah. They have been killing it in the charts, man. Yeah. We got weekend. We got Drake. We got Division. We got Jay Soul. We got, um, you know, Tory Lanez. Tory Lanez with his new yeah. album as well, Final Three, and he's been killing it on quarantine radio. He's gotten <laughs> so many followers with that man. Yeah, and he he kills me like he's so funny. <laughs> he's really taking advantage of uh of this quarantine radio thing, and yeah. I'm just super happy and and proud as a Torontonian to see that. 
there's so many Toronto artists really charting right now. Uh, I really hope that the Prime Boys can come. You know what I mean? Like Jimmy Prime, Johnny, and those Jay Wiss. I think Jay Wiss recently got an album out as well. It didn't chart very well, but dude, Toronto is getting up there. You know what I mean? If not already there, they I, are I I think Spanish. it's been there for a while. I mean, you know, we think back to uh, eras and like uh, periods of dominance, right? You know, West Coast rap, uh, West Coast gangster rap, um, uh, East Coast New York uh, sound, uh, Atlanta more recently, and things like that. And it's like I think back to it and and yes, yes, we are exposed to more Toronto music than people that don't live here. But the, those artists that you mentioned. It's not like they just got big. I mean, household names. They have been household names for a very long time. So it's like Toronto has had this 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 era more than a decade, really, of just dominance. And it's and it's so good to see because it's not just that we get good music from those artists. It's that we it inspires a new generation, a new generation of Toronto artists that the world might not have gotten were right. it not for them, right? And and no, that's not to just give all the credit to the Drakes and the Weekends of the world and stuff like that. It's like, oh yeah, they're the reason why this exists. But I mean, like, you that's how cities become at the top of the game. That's why Atlanta becomes at the top of the game because someone makes it and you're like, damn, I can do that too. I can do that too. And yeah. and And that just breeds so much creativity and so much good content for us. For sure. Um, one thing I will say, though, is I know that Tusi Slide and all of that, like uh, these are artists from Toronto that are charting. Yeah. And with the exception of Toronto, uh, the new Toronto three with uh, uh, by Tory Lanes, I'm not really getting that Toronto, you know, that Toronto synthetic like wave music yeah. that we get that yeah. sound. You know what I mean? Like, I know the Prime Boys are really, really heavy on that. I got to. Um, I don't know out, if yeah. it's a sound. Yeah. Check them out, man. They're They're good. Um, and I love supporting local artists, you know what I mean? But um, remember that distinct Toronto sound that we had, that wave, Yeah. right? Um, I don't know if it's just a matter of progressing because you can't keep the same sound time and time and uh, over again. But I really hope Toronto does come with a, this is Toronto sound. Mm-hmm. Similarly, how we can attribute boom bap to New York. Or similar, you know, like hi hats and whatever to Atlanta, like trap beats or whatever. Trap beats. Yeah. Um, I want Toronto to have that again uh, because we had that for quite a bit of time with other artists. Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't know, know if it's a progression it, thing. You know, it, maybe it's progression, and maybe it's also like you know melting pot theory. I mean, I would say Toronto's probably more diverse than a lot of the those cities that have iconic sounds, right? Like we think back to Chicago drill, we think back to like you know ATL trap beats and things like that, and it's like Toronto is. I would say a much, much more diverse city. So I would, it, it makes sense that the music is something like right now, it's kind of hard to place your finger on the Toronto sound, right? Mm. Maybe, maybe that's what it is, right? Because Could we be are it. so yeah. diverse when it comes to, you know, nationalities, religions, ethnicities, like so many different things. That's true. That's true. I, you know, that being said, still, I'm still hoping for, I, I want to have a sound where I can be like, oh, yeah. Like, you know, like Black, for example, he yeah. definitely got inspired by Toronto. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, Party Next Door. 
right? That's another. Yeah. R- there we go. Yeah. Right about it. another artist we completely forgot about, but he's been charting and he got a song with Rihanna. I know that Rihanna wasn't really saying much, but hey, yeah. featuring Rihanna, we've been waiting for something like that. And Rihanna, we're still waiting for your album, girl. That, that's, that's what I was just gonna say. I mean, like we're uh, just waiting for morsels uh, from from Rihanna. I mean, like I was. I was in the car with my sister the other day and like literally that's what she was talking about. She was talking about the, the PND track and then she's like, yeah, and I'm just waiting till Rihanna dolls. Like <laughs> I, she, her thing was just like, yeah, you know, all these other artists, like I like them and all, but like once Rihanna drops, like is once Rihanna drops. Done. Yeah, for sure. Um, other things, man, I know you've been doing a lot. Yeah. So we, um, let me, let me just pull up uh, a list I got going here. So I talked a bit about uh vacation and, the fact that I haven't really been able to do much right now, but I've been doing some thinking on like, you know, what do I want my next adventure to be once all of this? Yeah. And I don't mean to get ahead of myself, but you know, once, once quarantines have been lifted and people are safe again and safe to go out and do things, I'm thinking like, you know, it's been a good opportunity to say like next vacation, I don't want to be sitting at home doing nothing. I'd like yeah. to go out and do a, a road trip or, or something along the lines of that. So I've been thinking of uh, maybe like a West coast road trip or something like that right now would be the perfect opportunity for a road trip in the sense that roads are empty, gas is cheap. And it's just like, this is exactly what I want, but for obvious reasons, it's so <laughs> unsafe to do so right yeah. now. Yeah. So I'm just thinking, I'm like, man, that's what I'm looking for. Just like a really long drive. And, and I, I think like, I'd like to keep like the group small, like maybe, you know, like a couple people at most or something like that. Right. I think that'd be a pretty good experience rather than like, it'd be like a big, massive thing. I don't know. You've been doing a lot of traveling recently and, and then you've had like a bit of a break because obviously the quarantine, do you know what's on your mind for like, this is where I want to go next or something like that. LA man. Yeah. I coming from Iceland. I, I can, I can appreciate the uh, the loneliness and the, you know, kind of like the solitude feeling that you get because it really is your island. It really is your country. You can do as you please. You can drive wherever you want to. I've already given my spiel on this entire thing, but, you know, Iceland is one of those places. But one thing you will realize, unless you're going to Reykjavik or like bathhouses around uh, major cities, you're not going to be seeing a lot of people. You're pretty much doing your own thing, which is great in its own way. But just because I want, the busyness of a city again and i want sunshine i really really think los angeles has a lot to offer i want to see what Kauai is so you know like why does he want to go there so badly yeah what the hell man what, what, the what, hell? what did like, we have yeah we have you know mississauga right here brampton over there like what's going on man we got massage you like going out we got <laughs> massage huh? what's the big idea huh but i really do want to check out la uh i'm not I'm not at this current state. I'm not really interested in going like internationally that far, like going all the way to like Thailand or something like that. Definitely somewhere down the road. I'm not going to, you know, like not have them on my list, but something more realistic I find is going somewhere within the States. And more than that, a road trip, just like you were describing is something that I would want to do. My ideal group would be three people, including myself. Yeah. Um, I think that's, that's good. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you don't need you don't need too many opinions. You don't need too many people. Just like-minded people who want to do something similar. Yeah. Um, it'll be fun that way. Yeah. It, it it the smaller the group on a road trip, it also makes it um uh easier logistically because you know there's more room in the car. So I so I did a long road trip with friends a couple of years ago. We went around the east coast of Canada. I've talked about it a few times. Loved it. Had a great time. But I've five grown men cramped in a honda civic you know uh, it, gets, it gets a little tight 
um uh five girthy five man. girthy beefy like we chunks were, we were all yeah we were all some we were all big lads you know that's what yeah. we we're all some big and lads. omar omar wasn't as lean as he looks right now that oh, boy yeah. was he was packing heat <laughs> <laughs> and then and then to cut costs you know we'd get like one motel room and then we'd all crash there you know someone would take the floor or, or whatever but the, the problem with that is there's one bathroom and then five dudes wake up in the morning and then it's like it takes so long to hit the road again. It's like, yeah. man, we have 11, 12 hours of driving. We got to get done today to make it to our next city. And mans are just like lining their beards up. It's like, why are you lining your beard? You're going to sit in a car for 12 hours with the same four other girthy men. Like, what's the purpose? Oh my God. I feel like like-minded travelers or similar travelers are yeah. so key, man. You can't you can't put somebody who's super into like going out and exploring. I only have this much time left. Let's do X, X, and X mm-hmm. uh, versus somebody who's just like, I kind of want to just lounge out. I just want to chill out today. Yeah. And if you can find a good mix, a healthy mix of those two yeah. extremes, that's exactly what you're looking for, man. Yeah. So I think you can even do four people if you have like-minded yeah. people, you know? Personally, I mean, that that's that's how I see it. I I want to make the most of every trip, every time I'm going somewhere or doing something, you know, do things. But I also don't want to do it at the expense of like, man, I'm so exhausted. I'm so yeah. tired. I don't want to go out just for the sake of going out or something like that, right? Like finding that good mix, even personally, it's it's interesting. So, so where do you want to go on the West Coast, dude? You just uh, said West Coast. Like, where yeah, I, I, I've always wanted to do a drive along the uh, PCH, you know, Pacific Coast Highway, like uh, runs all along the West Coast of the US and stuff like that. Like okay. some of the pictures that come out of that, like California, um, Oregon, and like all these other states, Washington State and stuff like that, you're driving right Oregon. along the ocean. <laughs> Oregon. Damien literally punching the air right now. <laughs> so I've always wanted to do that drive. So whether it's driving, you know, down from Vancouver or going up from like LA to Vancouver or something like that, I think a mm. drive like that would be pretty dope. Because that's what I'm thinking. Um, other than, uh, you know, dream vacation planning or next <laughs> vacation planning, I've been uh, playing around with my hair, like as, as weird nice. as it sounds. Yeah. So, I mean, it's getting longer. It's going to continue to get longer. So it's been a lot of, I mean, so I had the mustache phase, which is for the people watching on YouTube, it's pretty much already all, almost gone. I didn't do anything to the beard just grew out. So now it's like uh, evened out a bit. Um, I've been like trying to braid my hair, like, uh, do different things with it, trying to curl it and things like that. Just cause I'm like, man, I have the time. So my sister like put it into cornrows and then it came out curly afterwards. And stuff oh like my God. Yeah, why, did, so, why did you take a photo of this dude? Like, uh, we only did like half the head, but I think I'm going to end up doing later this week. I'll, I'll, I'll send a photo. So yeah. And then, and then when you take them out, it, the hair is all curly and stuff. So I'm like, man, that's, it's interesting. And then I've been like, you know what you are? Into, yeah. You're like one of those white girls that go to Cuba for like a week and then they keep posting take me back uh, stories on Instagram. <laughs> That's exactly what you're doing with your hair. And I love it. I'm all here for it, man. I Literally, love that white girl yeah. energy. And then and then like I've been like super into like Viking hairstyles and stuff like that. So I'm like, man, nice. maybe I'll order some hair beads and just put a bit because it's like I have long hair. I don't know how long I'm going to have long hair. I don't know if this is going to last like a year, a few years or whatever. At a certain point, I'm going to cut it. I just want to do all the stuff that I couldn't do before, right? Like, yeah. do it all. Uh, so that's that's what I'm interested in. But uh, I mean, speaking of hair, it just—I mean, you're not wearing a hat right now, and you told the <laughs> listeners for the rest of the quarantine because you couldn't get a haircut, you'd wear a hat. But you know I mean, your hair is kind of looking a little fresh. So talk to me about that. So I went on YouTube. I said enough was enough. I I showered. 
after a very, very long time. A, and, I mean, that's the first, yeah. <laughs> and then I, I, I take a look at my hair and it just went all the way down. And on top of that, the worst part of it all, the top is one thing, but the size, they were protruding to my ear, Omar. I couldn't have it anymore. I just couldn't do it. So then I searched up, I prepped, I mentally prepared for this one because I had to. I'm touching my, you know, my special hair. I got to do something, right? Yeah. So I go on YouTube and I search up how to fade your own hair 2010. Uh-huh. First video that comes up is this one guy, you know, like, you know, he looks like he does decent fades. I'm like, okay, let yeah. me just see what I can do. All you got, all you need is a barber kit, which I already have mm-hmm. because I've tried time and time again to, you know, do my own hair to no avail. Yeah. And uh, you just need a headband because I didn't think about this, but that's genius. Having a headband will really show you how to get the fade done. Oh. So before I go on even further, let me just take my headphones out. I'm not going to be able to hear you, Omar. Yeah. I'm just going to do a quick turn. I'm not going to show you yeah. the back of my head, though. The back of my head is messed nah, up. No, <laughs> we're doing a 360 fade check. Let's go. 360. Uh, nah, nah, nah. Uh, just a slide. Just a slide. All right. I will pull right. my headphones away. All right. All right. So I'm going to continue talking, but you can see right here, you know what I'm saying? Like, Mm. I did the beard for a little. I did a beard a little bit. Go to the side. Don't worry about that side. Don't worry about that side. But no, 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 this side right here. <laughs> no, I'm not doing all three sixty. Yeah, all right, Ben got his I headphones back on now. What's what's happening on that left side huh? over there? It looks a little. Huh? It looks a little blocky, like a like a step function. Yeah. So, <laughs> so first and foremost, when I initially did my own hair, I was sending it, you know, to like all of my friends, and of course, Omar is surprisingly <laughs> one of my friends. So I sent it to him. <laughs> And the first thing he does was, you know, you know what? Admittedly, the first thing was like, oh, shit, like a good oh, shit, like a positive yeah. one. Yeah. Right after that, not two seconds later, he zooms in and sees a little bit of unevenness on my face, <laughs> zooms in all the way. And he's like, hey, but what's that, though? Hey, what's going on there, though? Screenshot. And I was like, God damn it, Omar, just give me like more than two seconds to and bask it, in my glory and it was so funny because so this was over a, te- a text chain that ben and i have then ben drops his photo you know of his of his of his haircut in a group chat we have and within a second because i already had the screenshot saved on my phone i send my screenshot of the zoomed in version no no commentary nothing just just sending the I, photo. Like, I just God need to remind you david and then i got some other mean ones shout out brinder i don't even want to tell you what he said about my oh hair oh my god but uh you know got some constructive criticism but you know what man it's just it, i do feel a lot more free I'm and it, it's a, it's fun it's fun to do like what am i going to do within within this time that i have and you know what I mean? Like my parents liked it. So yeah. I got that going, yeah. uh, but definitely the left side. So basically Omar, what this headband is for is you kind of wrap it just all over your, all over your head. And then you take like a zero. Yeah. Right. And then you just go underneath and then all you're doing with fades is just opening and closing the, um, the trimmer. Yeah. And you just keep flicking. That's all you're doing with it. And by time you just get better with the flick. Yeah. And, and that's how you create the fade. So on the right side, definitely my right, it's uh, it's a lot more even versus my left. But you know, the next time it grows back, I'll try it again, and that's just something that's fun. You know You're what I mean? Probably gonna like, have to try it a few times. I mean, like, given I, 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 I mean, I think I can just do it one more time, and I'll have it perfectly. Oh done, no, that you know wasn't that I mean? wasn't a roast. <laughs> I mean, I meant, I, sorry, I, I should have clarified. I wasn't trying to roast. I meant like you'll have a lot of opportunity to practice, given everything. That's I'm sorry, I'm defensive. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but. you should be defensive. I mean, boy, that. <laughs> I'm like honestly, it looked a lot better. If you told me, "Hey, man, I'm I'm gonna cut my own hair," I would be very afraid. But then you sent that photo, and it it honestly did not look bad. 
and yeah. you fulfilled the prophecy of you know friend of the pod Wasi who walked in one day saw your oh, hair and said you cut your own hair <laughs> i finally did it Wasi. i know you're listening too yeah. check out the youtube video you'll see my fade in its, <laughs> in its full glory but not the but not the back though i, I ain't gonna show you all that that's that's for another time <laughs> oh but, man but 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 honestly it's good and i mean that's that's what we should do this quarantine right just try something new try something different grow a mustache cut your own hair like you're get, look stupid because no one's going to be looking at you i mean like yeah. we, we go on this so people do look at us in this podcast but we'll take it though that's why we don't show the back we only show the front. <laughs> <laughs> but you know besides that uh i've been cooking a lot more man yeah yes and it's been so much fun fun it's just a matter of getting more familiar with ingredients and knowing what things go well together like i'm beginning to see like okay salt pepper cuban garlic powder you got yourself a decent seasoning for some ground beef and you get to see like there's some other things that you can add but i'm just becoming more and more familiar with uh with the skillet and what goes with what um so more recently i just i've been kind of touching up my protein pancakes adding banana to keep it a little bit more moist, lessening the protein, but that's what it is. Just experimenting with it, seeing what works for me. I noticed that for my protein pancakes, they were extremely dry. What can I do about that? Okay, maybe some bananas or you know, maybe add a little bit of water, whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. more milk, whatever. Um, I bake cookies as well. That was okay. so much fun to do. Yeah. Um, because when it turns out the way you wanted to turn out, exactly the way you wanted to turn out. And more than that, I didn't even have too many cookies myself. I had 12 cookies total, or maybe a little bit more than that. But my family was the one who loved it the most. So I gave it to them and my cousins loved yeah. it. You know, they had they were very, very complimentary of my cookies. I'm like, oh shit, yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah. I feel like you know this you know this as well. When you cook and bake for other people and they like what they're eating, it's a yeah. whole different place, you know, like level of enjoyment for sure um which was awesome to me man so i bake cookies i also well today actually i had made um stir fry shrimp noodles Mm. which was good i it was a hell of a lot better than um the pasta that i made so i think i'm just becoming again it's with shrimp as well both of them were were with the shrimp but i didn't over season it i didn't add too much salt because i know now what it means if you add too much salt so you're, t- you're telling I me just, shrimp fried these noodles <laughs> yes the I shrimp fried these noodles the classic <laughs> but it was a lot of fun to do man and again my cousins and my family really liked it and they're super supportive of it um you know, I was going to Exmar, my dad's, um, you know, like my dad's franchise uh, from time to time over on the weekends. And he told me something that really showed me how supportive he was. He's like, man, that pasta that you made, it wasn't that good. But I had it two to three times. Why? Because I want to show you that I support you. Yeah. I want to show you that I support you in the mistakes that you make. And you're going to continue learning. I'm like, damn, this is some Harrison Ford movie shit. I respect that, dude. Yeah. But I appreciate it because when you have support like that, such active support from your family, you want to do more yeah. for them. You want to make the best meal you can for yourself and for them because it gives you even more motivation to do so. Yeah. You know I mean? So cooking cook, has been cook, a huge part. Cooking man. for others is always is probably my best, my favorite part about cooking in, in general, right? Like I yeah. rarely will make something that's kind of just for me, right? Like it's almost always like a meal for the family or something like that. And that's what I enjoy the most, right? It's about getting it right for other people. Cause then it's like, Oh, I was able to feed someone. And that's like, 
really that's a blessing man it, yeah it's a blessing like I'm, I'm grateful that i had the ingredients and then i can i can take all of these various components and put it together and then someone has a full stomach because of something i did right yeah and I, and I and that feels good if it, i i love doing that it's it's why i love hosting it's why i love you know cooking and things like that it's it's all about like providing for other people and stuff like that so it's 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 a it's a great experience and i'm super supportive as well i personally I don't love you as much as your dad loves you, so I won't eat that pasta. Like if, it, <laughs> if it's not that good, like I, I won't eat it. But I too support you. I just let him finish it rather than. I, I, yeah, yeah. I'll give him. I'll give him all the. Uh, <laughs> my experiment's gone wrong. Yeah, <laughs> and then I will. I will support. And then once you get it right, like that, that those noodles sound yeah. dope. I'm. I'm down to have that. But like, <laughs> it, salty shrimp. I'll. I'll stay away from. I'll stay away from that. <laughs> Have you been cooking anything recently? Have you been baking or cooking anything? Yeah, so I I, may, as I mentioned maybe it was last week or the week before um, that I wanted to roast uh, a chicken. So I did that, and and that nice. was a different experience. It's my first time working with like a, a whole bird, and like you know how to how to get it so all the because a chicken has different types of meat, and and they get finished at different temperatures. Well, I mean the chicken gets finished at the same temp, but dark meat i always like going higher than 160 because it's softer then and it falls apart and i don't like overcooking the breast because then the breast gets really dry and like finding a way to manage the temperature and different cooking styles different seasoning styles and stuff like that so it was good and 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 with that i think i i so i made uh, chicken i made mashed potatoes uh i made some garlic bread so the bread we actually had some brioche buns already so i didn't make bread from scratch this time though i will next uh <laughs> hey. yeah, but it, it's like little things like um once you understand how how to flavor butter for example with garlic it's like okay let me crush some garlic and put it into butter and then all of a sudden you have garlic butter right it's like yeah it's not something that i need to buy out of like a, a tub out of from a from a grocery store right it's like it, i can make garlic butter in like literally two minutes right and then all of a sudden you yeah. have garlic butter and then you mix it in with some bread and some parmesan cheese now you have some really good restaurant quality garlic bread right this is not something that you need to buy frozen and then toast right so it's like yeah uh, little things like that. And then once you get it done, it's like you never need to buy frozen garlic bread anymore because you can mm. just make it yourself. And that's just a small example, but it's like once you get to do the chicken, you realize the chicken actually doesn't take that long. A lot of it is just on its own in the oven. There's not that much prep you need to do. I don't need to buy a rotisserie chicken that's already made or something like that. I can right. just make it myself really quickly and stuff like that. So on the topic of, yeah, yeah. sorry to interrupt you, but Go for it. Uh, just an idea that came across was just like, yeah, today I was so adamant on making fajita. You know what I mean? I want to make fajitas. I'm just like, I, I have the, uh, I have the kit. I got to use this wrap. So I need to go out to, to the grocery store to get some stuff because we don't have boneless chicken. Um, but then my, my parents were, or my mom was just like, yo, we have noodles. We have shrimp. We have soy sauce. We have a lot of ingredients right here already. If you want to make something else, I'm like, if you just search up with what we have, what yeah. can I make? Yeah. And it turned out to be something that I really, really enjoyed. And my dad and everybody loved it as well. So you're right. Just making use of what you have. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't go, go crazy and be like, oh, I got to go out right now just to get some, you know, ingredients or this one thing with this one component yeah. for this recipe. There are other ways or other things that you can do with what you have to make a very, very delicious meal. Yeah. So um, one thing that I was, I was talking to, um, Ali and uh, Anam, uh, my brother and my sister-in-law about this, uh, this weekend was, you know, like it's, it's a great experience, you know, m- cooking with what you have and all these things, 
but I really do miss the 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 times where you can get the perfect ingredient to make the perfect dish. I mean, oh, yeah. it's just going to make me appreciate it so much more when we're able to, as a society, get to that point where right. you know the virus is gone and all those things. The ability to just like get everything exactly the way you want it to make that one perfect dish. And that's not to say that I don't enjoy what I'm doing now. It's a different kind of fun. But I am looking forward to the day where it's like, oh, I don't have this. I'll be back in literally five minutes. I'm just going yeah. down to the street, the grocery store, get yeah. the one thing I need that I know will complete this perfectly. And then and then that's going to, you know, it's it it's going to make me appreciate that a lot more and not take that for granted. Because right now it's like, oh, I, I don't have this. Uh, OK, I can probably make do with this. It's fine. Yeah. But but I'm I'm just looking forward to like you know that perfect dish, the perfect bite, and things like that. So having having fun. um experience with both is amazing. Yeah. It's it's a blessing in itself mm-hmm. when you don't have the ability to be able to go out because it's very realistic that maybe you're just not able to at that moment, and you've got to make use of what you have. Yep. So what you said just now, like I don't know, garlic butter, like oh I need to get gar- um. Was it garlic butter? I forgot what you had said. Yeah, like garlic bread. Like I can just whatever. Yeah, right? whatever it is. Yeah. I don't I don't have that. I need to go yeah. out and get it from No Frills. No, you don't. I have the ingredients right here. We can make it. Yeah. Uh, I've done this before. I know that if we put this ingredient instead of that ingredient that says there, it'll taste yeah. just as fine. You know yeah. what I mean? It won't be perfect, but it'll be just as good. I mean, like fried so, rice is a is a great example of that, right? Like in my head, fried rice is always just made with like, you know, whatever you have, right? In my head, I have a perfect fried rice that has this, this, and this components in it. And it's like, it everything works out perfectly. And it's a perfect combination of tastes and textures. But the reality of it is I'm not going to leave my house to buy one ingredient that's like illogical yeah. and unsafe, both for like myself, my family, and for everyone else, right? So right. it's about making do with what you have. So then all of a sudden you have, a dish that's not quite made with the ingredients that you'd prefer, but at least I'm not wasting any food. At least I'm, you know, putting what we have in in the house to use, right? It's like, oh, I have these vegetables already. I might as well do it with this, right? I know this isn't my ideal combination, but it's like, you got to do what you got to do. So well, let me ask you another question, Omar. Yeah. Have you been staying active in this quarantine? Uh, not as much as I'd, as I'd like to. I've been, you know, going for runs here and there, but that oh, that's good, man. Up- it only ends up being like a couple times a week and I'd like that to be more. I mean, I think back to high school days when we'd literally run every single day and I don't know how <laughs> I how I do that because I mean, I, I run, I go for a run and then the next day I'm so sore. I'm like, I don't want to run today. And then like, yeah, yeah. you know, you get, you get bored and stuff like that. One thing that I should start incorporating uh, to make things easier is on days that I'm not running, I should probably just do something at home. Like whether it's like, uh, calisthenics or something like that. I should probably just, you know, uh, I can't even remember the last time I I did push-ups for an exercise. Like you yeah. do push-ups when your boy challenges you. Oh, I bet I can do more. Yo, yeah, boy, yo, like, prisoner workout, baby. Yeah, but I can't. I maybe it was high school. The last time I actually did push-ups for the sake of doing it as an exercise, right? Because ever since then, I've always had a gym membership, and in my mind, it's like, well, I'll just do cables. I'll just bench instead. I'll just uh, yeah. do a pec fly instead, right? I've never been like, okay, time for three sets of push-ups. So that's probably yeah. something I should get back into. I know you've been killing it on that front, though. Yeah, I mean, like you know what some things that i've learned throughout this it's well first of all i wanted to understand programming a bit more because you can just do a bunch of random exercises but if you're not hitting each component of your chest or your back or your legs your quads hamstrings core you're not it's not going to be effective and you're not going to look the way that you want to look so it's very important to keep things balanced and um i've been you know so i've been working out like 
twice a day. So the way that I like to split it up now is like I have my AM workout and my PM workout. So in the AM, it's nothing that serious. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to give the impression that I'm just constantly doing push-ups time and time again. Uh, but in the AM, I'll do something like yoga or I will do like, um, you know, like a, a quick ab workout, like a five to 10 minute ab routine. Just Or maybe I'll just do some cardio, just go on the treadmill and like watch a TV show and get some cardio in. Um, so nothing too, too crazy, but something that's not strength training. I want to yeah. get my heart rate up because that's one of my goals is a stat, you know, like getting my cardio back up to what it used to be. Yeah. And I think that's the number one thing that I did learn from uh, building your own program or building your own routine. It's you've got to have a clear goal. Mm -hmm. Now, whether you want to lose fat or you want to build muscle, unfortunately, depending on your calories, you can only do one or the other. Yeah, you can't do much. both for most people. Yeah. Unless you're complete newbie yeah. or, you know what I mean? Like you're extremely, you know, like a little bit, um, a lot larger. It's going to be very, very difficult for you to do both at the same time. You've got to focus on one or the other. But that really put things into perspective. And one thing that I struggle with as well um, is definitely the idea of rest days. Uh, just because I get kind of, you know, there really isn't much to do uh, at home at the moment. Um, I just... Let me just stay active. Let me just do something. But what I learned as well was, you know, when you're doing resistance training or cardio, you're breaking down your muscles, right? But you actually build your muscle with rest, mm -hmm. with proper sleep, with nutrition. That's how you actually gain strength. Otherwise, you're just beating your muscles to a pulp, but you're not actually gaining anything from it. Yeah. So that's something that I'm also trying to incorporate within my routine right now, giving myself two rest days, mm -hmm. one of which is going to be active, like maybe some yoga, and another one which is doing absolutely nothing at all and working on some other skills because life isn't the gym and life isn't just fitness and health. There's a lot of other skills to work on, like cooking or yeah. meditation or whatever. There are so many other skills and hobbies that you can work on in that time. So um that's another thing that I've been working on and uh, it's keeping me, it's keeping me happy. You know, yeah. it's not for everybody, but learning new variations and pushups and doing more pull-ups. My pull-ups have gotten a lot better than they used to. Um, these are things that keep me wanting to go, even if it's as simple as a pull-up and push-up workout. Um, the amount that I can do keeps me motivated or the variation that I did with push-ups keeps me motivated. You really got to find it within yourself. You yeah. know, you can't force somebody to be into it. You can't force somebody to like it. Exactly. If you like it, you like it. And if you don't, that's not for you. It's completely fine. You know, the the I think one of the most important things you mentioned there is uh, the importance of programming. So, you know what? A, a good workout plan and a good workout program is just like a good recipe when it comes to cooking. It's mm. something someone did once and it worked pretty well for them. That doesn't mean it works for everybody, right? Right. So, very good. You know, yeah, you know when you're point. trying to follow a recipe when you're cooking to the it just stresses you out because it's like oh you got to do this perfectly and i got to do it this way what's more important is learning why that recipe is made the way it is why a program is made the way it is i started doing my own programming maybe like a couple of years ago um and it was one of the best decisions i made because it allows you to target your every everything 
about your workouts to that one specific goal that you have. It allows you to understand, you know, what works for me, what doesn't work for me, whether it's frequency, whether it's volume, whether it's um, uh, intensity, whether it's how many, you know, how many days in a week you're going to be going and things like that. Right. So it's, um, I really recommend that to anybody that, you know, you have, if you have a little bit of experience, you know, you've, you've done some exercises, you've gone to the gym a bit and you understand how things work, start doing your own programming. It's honestly, and it makes you, that's what motivates me. The, the ability to, you know, when I have cycles and, and when I, it'll obviously a lot more when I was going to the gym, but it's like, okay, for the next three months, this is what my program is. And after three months, I'm going to reevaluate how I stand relative to my goals. And maybe I'll make adjustments then. And maybe it's it's the adjustment is just swapping new exercises in or something like that, right? Just to keep yeah. yourself interested. It's like, you know what? I'm not going to do stiff like deadlifts for the next three months because I've done them for the last three. I'm going to swap that in for something else and, and, and whatever that might be. And that's what's like really fun. And, you know, I should, I, I should probably, like you said, carry that same passion and that same interest into at-home workouts. It's a lot easier to do it in the gym because everything's there for you. You literally just need to show up and then you'll get your good workout. At home, it's a lot more, uh, you know, kind of like cooking, making do with what you have. So, but, but rather than focusing on the recipe, I should focus more on, you know, like, let me come up with a new program that works for me at home. One thing I want to make absolutely clear is uh, piggybacking off my um, off my statement when I um, from before. You've got to do something that you enjoy doing. Yeah. Um, just because you're not, you know, like you don't need to do push-ups and pull-ups to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. I like that because I want to get stronger, and that's something that I enjoy. Yeah. But if it's like jumping on a trampoline or skipping rope for for, for five ten minutes. At the end of the day, the reason why we're actually doing this is for health. Yeah. Right? That's why we're doing this. It's for our own health. Of course, there's an aesthetic part about it, which people, you know, it's it, it'd be a huge lie if I said, I'm only doing this for health. Of course, I want to look better. I want to be proud of what I have, whatever. But that's not the case for everybody. But I I'm, I kind of am um, a little tough on this aspect. You've got to stay healthy or stay active somehow to stay healthy. Yeah. You've got to do something, whether it's playing tag with your brothers and sisters, whether it's whatever, do yeah. something. I highly recommend yoga. I've done a few, not completed those 30-day challenges on YouTube, but there are so many YouTube videos out there that you literally just put on one video and do it. And then they have a day two and then a day three. And it's like, you don't need to do them all consecutively. I remember I do yoga as part of my rest days when I wouldn't go to the gym. So if I'm going to the gym, you know, five days a week, then the two days that I'm not going, I put yoga into those. So it's like mm. I do my 30 day challenge over a longer period of time. And and it's honestly, I, I felt probably better after yoga than I felt better after my gym workouts. Honestly, it's a great experience. I really whatever you like. Yeah. And I, I, I tried, um, um, yoga as well. Uh, you, uh, yoga with Adrian, I yep, think. Love her. <laughs> She's great. She's great. Yeah. And, uh, I try this like morning, you know, like this morning, like wake up in the morning yoga routine or whatever. And, um, I can honestly say I have to work on quite a bit. My flexibility is not there. Yeah. And so that's another goal that I figure out I need to work on. And, uh, until you try things, you'll understand what you don't and you don't like. Yeah. And, um, I think that's the beauty of it. But yeah, and, and and just don't do hot yoga because the one time you go to hot yoga, 
Actually, wait, I didn't even end up going to hot yoga. I went to regular <laughs> yoga. I went to a regular <laughs> yoga class and I got roasted for months by these guys because they're like, Omar does hot yoga. <laughs> and then they're like, Omar does hot yoga in his car just by turning up the heat. Like, so just stay away from gyms and We're tough. do it all at home. Yeah, literally, you know what, Omar? Things are going to get a lot more tough now. Oh, we'll see. We'll see about that. Why, but but why, why are things getting tough, man? Do you have a, a surprise for us? I do. I do have a surprise. Everybody listening to the Session of Basketball podcast, I'd like to not introduce, but reintroduce a friend of the pod. Shout out, Iman. Isam <laughs> Aziz. I'm going to be sending him the link. He will be joining us because we have... We actually do have basketball to talk about, Omar, and yeah. I cannot wait to talk about it with you and your stupid ass. Wait, 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 what? Stupid what, man? Why are you? Gonna- <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna copy the um, the, the URL. Links. I'm gonna yeah. send it over to Isam. He did say that he is ready, but I'm excited, man. Uh, before we get into that, though, you did you watch both parts? I actually have not yet. I have not. Oh, watched okay, the, okay. The okay. It did come on on Netflix at 3 a.m. today, actually on Monday. Okay. So it's on Netflix now. So whenever you do have a chance to watch it, yeah. highly recommended. The production is there, regardless of where you are. Yeah. It's obviously going to be a debate, but it's all in good fun. I think yeah. a major shout out needs to go to the production team. Amazing job with it. It was yeah. so much fun to watch. Lots of backstory, and um, it's just it's just great. I'm just gonna respond to um, Isam really quickly. Go for it. Yeah, um, I'm kind of. I don't know, man. Twitter is Chernobyl. Twitter, right yeah. I, oh I, my I, god. I'm trying so hard to stay away. Like, I'm getting Twitter no context insane. memes here. Let me add you some. I'm getting yeah. like some no context memes and stuff. It's Chernobyl. I'm probably waiting for a few more episodes to come out and then binge it all, kind of just back to back. Right. Forward to that because it's gonna be hard for me to get in and then just be like, oh, I gotta wait till next week. Isab, <laughs> um, you there, buddy? Yo, what's good? Can you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah I can hear yeah, you. Wow, hear you. but I can't see you. Turn on a video. Come on. Yo, okay, yo, I'm in my basement right now and the background isn't really the best. Wow. Like our Listen, go Wait. go up to your room. I want to see you on video. Get out of here. I want you to turn on your video. Are you guys are you guys uh doing videos now too? Yeah, yeah, bro. baby. We're doing we're, we're doing live. live. Say hi to the listeners, man. Yeah, we're live right now. Oh, what's up? What's up? Yo, what, do you <laughs> yo. Guys, what do you guys call your what do you guys call your um your podcast like listeners like sessioners or is it like- <laughs> oh, we actually <laughs> I didn't don't think have about name. that yeah, yeah the sessioners <laughs> all right let me let me go upstairs real quick and then uh, yeah go upstairs real quick man this guy really thought he's just gonna do audio himself. only like it's a voice call listen i want you i want to see your reaction when we destroy omar today man Yo, i just want to see guys. your reaction i didn't sign up for any of this <laughs> the true goats uh, but Twitter but, is yeah. honestly Chernobyl. Twitter's right? disgusting. I'm, I'm Twitter's disgusting. so afraid to go on. On both sides of the argument. Yeah, on both sides of the argument. Sides. People are just going back and forth. They're literally like, the memes are like them suiting up for war. You know, like the <laughs> Endgame where it's like um, uh, the portals open up and the entire army show up. It's like yeah. MJ stands entering the chat. <laughs> and then it's like they flip it. It's like LeBron fans entering. I saw a tweet, uh, this guy, like obviously you... It was a joke. I, was, uh, I hope it was. It was like a LeBron fan saying, "LeBron fans, stay strong. The MJ documentary is on its way, and together we will show why LeBron is the best." <laughs> like, it's not that serious, bro. Yeah, there's like a it call really to arms isn't. and people suiting yeah, up, a call to loading. <laughs> it's it's actually so it's it's yeah, so it's, difficult it's tough. to be there. Yeah, and I know that um, you know recently we we kind of talked about this. Oh. 
I see, I see Isam there. What's Yo, going on? What's going on, boys? What up, what up, what up? So what I was just going to say, Isam, was, um, you know, I know we were on this topic of appreciate greatness, regardless of what it is. Let's let this go talk, you know, like, let's just throw it out. Let's just throw it out because you're not yep. going to convince any side. But 100%. then the last dance comes and more funny than anything, MJ had approved of it. When LeBron had beaten the Golden State Warriors in 2016. So he approved of it the day of the parade for the Cavs. And I thought that was hilarious because MJ, petty MJ is the GOAT MJ. So I love it. Petty. He's so <laughs> petty. LeBron, LeBron defeats at that point the greatest team in NBA history, brings home the title to Cleveland, ends a five decade drought. Oh, I'm just so happy that J.R. Smith Smith doesn't have a shirt on, hasn't had a shirt on in three days. And MJ looks at this and says, yep, gives a green light. Anything is possible. But before we go on, the sessioners, as Isom so eloquently put it, uh, I want to reintroduce reintroduce my cousin, Isom, man. Thank you so much for joining us in this podcast. I think I messaged you just yesterday about it, just letting you know that I wanted you to come on. I was just so excited with The Last Dance and all of this stuff going on with MJ and LeBron. And I knew the number one person that I thought of was let me bring my cousin, my homie, Isom. So what's going on, man? What's up, man? I appreciate you guys for bringing me back. Um, of course. Like I said, you always have like, a place here. It's an exciting time, right? Because, uh, I mean, quarantine wise, like our lives are not really exciting right now, but I guess <laughs> entertainment wise, we got the last dance and we got the last dance. Yeah. Uh, other reruns of like other games. But, anyways, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good time to be a basketball fan right now, especially if, uh, I don't know, if you're on Team MJ, if you're on Team LeBron. Like, it's, <laughs> and there are teams. There are clear teams right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, like I've been, yeah, I've been looking at Twitter like the last like twenty four oh. hours, and honestly, like I just it's just LeBron's the goal. LeBron, like any MJ post you see, it's like MJ drops sixty three points on the Boston Celtics, and like yeah, oh, well, too bad LeBron's the goal. Like <laughs> too bad. You see all these comments and like snarky like people taking shots at each other, and it's just I don't know. You get crazy. It, it's it's honestly let me just quickly jump in there yeah it's, yeah it's not even just the two sides it's like a full out like it's madness like someone will post something about mj and then in the reply someone will be like yeah but did you even see kareem play like look at his track record i mean look at these titles look at all this and then it's like you'll just be like oh damn and then out of nowhere someone will come in and be like someone will be like kareem's the best player ever and then someone will come and be like well hold on did Wilt play in in this game? Like, what 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 are y'all talking about? It's like, and then Kobe fans will come out of nowhere. It's just madness. It's absolute madness. Disgusting. People have lost their minds because of this Dude, documentary. This, the stuff, the stuff I'm seeing for um like people to support their arguments. Like, people are saying, "Oh yeah, Jordan won these rings. None of them without Pippen." Or yeah. like, yeah, LeBron yeah. made the, the facts, finals. Like, yeah. LeBron made the finals, but he couldn't post up JJ Barea. So it's like <laughs> yeah. so many, like so many back and forth. It's just, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's, 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 it's Ben arguments, Woo! the JJ Barea Ben arguments. I mean, it's a very valid <laughs> argument. Isla, correct me if I'm wrong, but 2011 was just oh, disgusting. Oh God. Think about, think about. Okay, so what? One thing I'll say about the comparison is like with any other, let's say, like NBA superstar, like top five, right? You can we can point out like a black mark or a down moment in their careers, but for LeBron, it's I mean not for LeBron for Michael, it's like what is that moment like? What's that LeBron twenty eleven moment that Michael Jordan had? That is Omar, like not getting out of the first round for years. Like <laughs> oh, the can, first round against the first four Hall of Famers. Correct me if I'm wrong, Isam. Hall of Famer Celtics. And correct me if I'm wrong as well, because I learned this from the last dance. MJ was coming off an injury. 
He was coming off of an he injury. He was coming off an injury. And the thing and is, they didn't, they didn't draft Scottie Pippen until I think the late 80s, right? And then in the first couple yeah. of years, like he was coming off the bench. So until mm-hmm. he got good, until he got good, yeah, that's when MJ started advancing out of the you know first round and getting to the finals. But everybody needs, everybody needs help. Every superstar Isom, in the NBA needs help. He averaged 43 points in that series. And get this, Omar. Shot 50% from the field. Which guard can do that? That's what, one thing That's I will insane. say, though. Like, from, from the stuff we're going to talk about, people are going to think I'm like a LeBron hater or something. I'll tell you right now. LeBron James is probably the second best player of all time. He's in my rank, like, second best player of all time. That's what I think. Mm. But, but MJ is a goal. But. But exactly, there's there's just so many factors you can consider with Michael Jordan. It's just like it's it's hard to overcome what he did. So and, bef- before we continue, Wandy, some uh, this is going to be a very fiery debate. I'm sure of it. But um, let's get your thoughts on the last dance first of all. Just yeah. you know, ignore the debate part about it. What did you think of production? How did you find the documentary? I know you've been really really excited, as was I about this. Personally, I thought it delivered. So many stories, so many interviews, so many back, you know, like uh, back, you know, like, um, what am I trying to say? Um, backstories, basically and, like, backstories that we just and, didn't yeah. know about, background information that we didn't know about. I thought it delivered. And it was actually uh, produced or directed by the same person who made the Alan Iverson documentary. So definitely well established. And I loved everything about it, man. Yeah, con- convince me convince me to watch it convince me to throw all my self-care and everything out the window and and, yeah. and, and watch it you didn't watch I, it I, man it's wait let me ask you like what's the reason why didn't you watch it man he's scared of the truth i'm he's not scared, scared of the, of the truth. truth so much of it was just like man if i watch because right now the memes and like all that turnover i only know some of what's going on there but like once i watch it the curtain gets lifted and i'm gonna have to confront all of that Honestly, I was gonna I, I was gonna watch it in the sense that I'm probably gonna wait for a few more episodes to come out then binge it all because I would hate to be like get into it and then some Game of Thrones stuff. I'm like, man, I just want more. What am I supposed to do? Because yeah. I'm seeing a lot of that right now. People are like they left it off in a very good way. What am I supposed to do for the rest of my life until the next <laughs> weekend and stuff like that? Right. So. I mean, I mean, there are negatives and positives with with them bringing out two episodes at a time. Yeah. Um, it does give you that like you know that that hype factor of like you're waiting every week for like a new episode, right? Mm-hmm. But um yeah just after the first two episodes like i think it surpassed like all the hype because 100 percent, man it's it was so good in a way that there's basically two stories that are going on at the same time like you have the the season that's centered around their last championship right and then you have the whole backstory of when mj came into the league so that's another story on its own and i love how they incorporated like both of those aspects in one huge like docuseries which is and a huge part of this that i really liked was scotty pippen getting the recognition that he deserves man yeah the, number the one song. in steel number one in um what's it called um minutes played and that boy got seven <laughs> seven years 17 mil or something like yeah, that like a contract eight, extension get out of yeah. here man this guy was yeah, so key to the to uh the chicago to jordan's bulls you know yeah, what i'm saying they, like i love how they gave him this credit because like i think there was the famous quote that mj said he's like you can't mention michael jordan without yeah mentioning scotty pippen right so but yeah like i said like every every great player needs a, like a sidekick like their superstar right like their superstar second player. So one one thing I, that I will say, it's it's really funny how LeBron haters following this, the you know the release of these two episodes, 
have started saying that line because I've heard that uh, I've heard that quite a bit. You know, like you know, everyone needs help. Everyone needs to start. But it's funny, you know, a week ago it would be like you know Jordan just on his own, killer, killer. He's never needed. LeBron always needs a super team. He needs Kyrie. He needs Wade. He needs all this help and stuff like that. But now the narratives changed, and now like. Maybe that's one positive that's come out of all of this, where people have become more tolerant of the fact that LeBron has had really great players on his teams when he's won games. But I mean, so has Jordan had really great players. Yeah. And, you know, uh, on that same note, uh, LeBron James has also lost with very good teams. And Michael Jordan has, um, what's what's his record again in the finals? I think he's a big six and zero. And I don't think he's ever been in game seven. So there's that. There's that. And, and then the one thing that I, was, I want to touch on that Omar said is, um, what was I going to say? Yeah. Okay. So Michael Jordan throughout those six championships, he was the alpha. He was the finals MVP six times. And Pippen hasn't had great playoff series. Michael Jordan has consistently performed, I think, in every playoff series mm-hmm. that he's been in. So especially in the finals, like he's, he's the greatest finals performer of all time. If you just judge it by the stats and the performances. It's probably Michael, Shaq, and then LeBron. Um, other than that, like he's performed, like he's shown up on the big stage when it matters, six for six championships, finals, MVPs. Like it's he just and watching highlights and especially what it is with me, man, is hearing other basketball players talk about MJ. So uh, I'm not going to say too, too much about it, Omar, because I really want you to watch it. But I just have to say this part. So excuse the spoiler, but. They were talking about, I believe it was uh, the first round, uh, Chicago Bulls against LeBron, not LeBron, Chicago Bulls against the Boston Celtics, uh, Larry Bird against MJ. And Larry Bird said this, Larry Bird is my like, favorite Celtic. I love that dude, man. His trash talk. I'm, su- I'm surprised you have a favorite fun. Celtic first and yeah. foremost. <laughs> oh, I'm shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> Kyrie Irving's my favorite Celtic personally, you know, sabotaging <laughs> that franchise. Because he left? Yeah. <laughs> because he <laughs> left. Because but he man, left. Larry Bird said, like, he, uh, considering um, on the topic of MJ's performance, it wasn't MJ playing basketball, man. It was God disguised as MJ because that's how good he was playing. He just wasn't missing, man. Yeah, one, one of my one of my favorite parts of the documentary was when um, they would he basically got into the league as a rookie, and then they said, "Sorry, it might be a spoiler, but all good. Um, you could talk about it as if. Don't worry. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah. Um, so basically, yeah, the, the I think the GM at the time of the Bulls, I, f- I forgot his name, but he said after two weeks, they knew he was the best player on their team, like mm-hmm. as a rookie. So ever since then, they started building the team around him, and then Magic Johnson later in the docuseries said you know, great championship players like him and Larry Bird, they recognize like this guy is going to be the future of the league. Like he's going to be, he's just on another level. So it's, it was just cool seeing all these guys that just recognize how great he is and how advanced he is. Just, just watching him play is just so aesthetic. It's just, it seems like he jumps twice. Like he just hangs mm. in the air for five seconds. And his hang time is what gets me it's the most. Crazy. It's his crazy. hang time is insane. Like when he's doing lips and he's able to reverse, you know how much hang time you need to go from one arm to another. Come on. That's ridiculous. Because yeah, we've tried that and we hit the underside of the backboard every time, <laughs> every time we're playing, like it's like, all right, going to do a, a up and under. Oh, just got he just stays the there in the air. You know, like eats dinner and then dunks the ball. It's it's crazy to me. And watching highlights more than anything, Omar. Let's like let's put this debate thing for uh to rest for just a little bit. More than anything, man, it's 
watching him play because I personally didn't watch him uh, uh, play. Obviously, uh, I didn't really care to watch too many YouTube highlights as well. I watched some, but this docu series really emphasized that, and the music just went so well with it. Seeing the goat play, even if it's if even if it is through highlights, it's like wow, this is what I missed out on. I really, really wish I watched that. And you see how big he is, just worldwide. Like you see his, you see his, uh, his banners up in Barcelona, in Spain. You see when he went to Paris, how the crowd was just yeah. mobbing him, mobbing him. Like you see the uh, the guy like standing right in front of him. Uh, his car's like windows like rolled down. The kids like right there waiting for an autograph, and he's like pops yeah. back in his car. It's I'm, it's crazy I, how how big he was. Globally. I mean, I mean that's one thing that I'll always say. He literally saved the league. Like Michael Jordan mm. literally saved the league. Like he and their world probably never be a player that's so undisputedly loved by all fans by all fans of the game it's like at that time if you liked basketball you liked mike kind of thing right and and you liked basketball because you liked mike and and they were just one in the same right now you have a lot of people around the world that love lebron but you have because the game has become so big at this point, you have a lot of people that hate LeBron. You have people that love Curry, but you have people that hate Curry. And it was a lot less so then because the game became popular because of Mike. People got introduced to basketball because of Mike. It became, like Ethan said, global and fans all over the world because of Mike. Mm-hmm. Everyone I've, I've, everyone I've, wanted to be like Mike. That's true. All those like uh, commercials, right? Like Air Jordan and you know, be like Mike and the shoes. But one thing I will say about LeBron is I feel like he's kind of um, the time he's in right now. I mean, he's competing with a lot of these athletes, right? Like, like the biggest sport in the world is soccer. Like he's competing with Ronaldo, Messi, mm. uh, Roger Federer, Tiger Woods, like those guys. When Andrew was in the league, I can't really think of another, I guess you can say like Tyson and stuff, but I can't think Gretzky. of Gretzky too. Yeah. Wayne Gretzky, man. Like, I, I don't Gretzky know. I feel like sure. they had their fair share, man. I think the nineties definitely had, but no, not to the extent. I think all of sports in general, I think I mentioned this in a previous podcast, even for you to be a bench warmer, you need to be super competitive and super elite. It's no joke to get into the league right now. It's very, very difficult. The skill cap is just insane. You know what I mean? Like the minimum now is, you know, it's hard to get in. It's really hard to are, get in. Are you saying that uh, Jordan was playing against uh, plumbers and uh, I was, school bus drivers? I was, I was just about to ask Ben this question. I'm like, Ben, what do you think about guys that say MG was playing against plumbers? Like, what, what do you say? Yeah, when I, you mean, I mean, you, you, you just think, said though. the skill. The skill. The worst player in the NBA right That's now true. would be average. But Omar, let me ask you a question. Would you rather be guarded by somebody who's, you know, playing by the rules and like definitely has a high skill level or somebody who's going WWE punching you in the face? How are you going to get a bucket? You probably can't if somebody's literally pushing you to the ground. Back then, those WWE rules in the NBA, that shouldn't go unnoticed either. It was a very, very aggressive time then, man. man and MJ was getting things like, a lot harder. Larry Bird played with like broken ribs and bloody noses. It's not just MJ. That era was just disgusting. And I'm so glad that things are a lot better now because that was not sustainable. People are losing their careers. Like Larry Bird, in my opinion, he left too early. But why? Um, It's because of injuries. So that's my thoughts on it. That's my opinion. I don't know about you, Isam, but that's how I answer that question, man. 
No, I agree. Like, let's just like a flagrant one foul today would probably be like a common common foul back then. Like that's how that's how crazy it was. Like you see these highlights of uh, the Pistons like just mugging MJ as he like goes to the rim or yeah, they're they're just clotheslining him as he tries to drive through the hoop. And it's if you're trying to do that nowadays, you, you get kicked out of the game, right? You know those so, YouTube videos that are like top ten dirtiest plays of 2020 or whatever, 2019, whatever. Those are like common fouls in the in the nineties, man. They're hacking you like a Bill. Um, what's his name? Hugh. Um, Bill. Bill yeah, yeah, yeah. Bill yeah, dirty, versus, the dirtiest player ever. Versus um Larry Bird, I saw some of the plays that he did. He's literally clotheslining Larry Bird, and then they're just duking it out. You know what I'm saying? Like it's insane the way they used to play back then. Yeah, man, I agree. I agree. Uh, like, I mean, those Pistons were known to be like the dirtiest team in the league, right? Um, but yeah, it's back, going back to like the plumbers argument, it's like we can't we can't forget he was being guarded by Gary Payton, who's probably the best guard defender of all time, right? Um, Facts. We can't forget that. And plus, like, when did MJ retire? In probably oh two or two thousand two, two thousand three, right? Yeah. What is it? Yeah. His last his last uh, season, he's averaging like twenty points a game as a forty year old. In 2003, the same year LeBron was drafted. So magically, players just got more athletic in a 15-year time span. Like, it's, I, I don't get that. Like, I really don't get that. Well, I mean, they have. Like, we, we got we to gotta also give credit there. I mean, like, there are high schoolers right now that would average 15 in the league back then and stuff like that. Like, the... Uh, no. Uh, yeah, the 90s uh, is not the, like, it's not like Bill Russell's, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not... Like, come on! You've got to give some credit to the nineties. Let me let me ask you guys something. So, let's just say we're saying the people players in the nineties, like they're we're saying they're less skilled, right? So, does that take away from Magic's Showtime Lakers or Larry Bird Celtics, like those dynasties? Like, does that take away from what they did back then? Like, that's I that's th- a general question. I think when we talk about how accomplished a player is or how accomplished a team is we and we're talking about it just in isolation for that era i don't think it takes away anything when we talk about magic and we talk about kareem we talk about uh the legendary celtics teams with russell we talk about them with bird like we talk about all these teams they're all really good why because relative to everybody around them they dominated right they dominated jordan went six and oh and there was no one in the league that can stop him, right? And there was, there was no team in the league that could beat them for those years. So that's not to discount it. I think I I kind of bring my argument that I've been, you know, sometimes trolling with, sometimes I'm serious with about, uh, you know, plumbers and like, and, and, and the skill increase that's happened and the athleticism increase that's happened. When we start comparing across era, because it's such a futile effort, like you're never going to be able to convince one way or the other. I think when we start talking about that, you start discounting it. But if someone was to say like, were the Showtime Lakers a bad team? No, because amongst everyone else there, they dominated. Like, and, and I mean, Yes, there were like 10 teams in the league when Bill Russell won his rings or whatever that might be. But it's like amongst the era, he was still dominating. Wilt dominated in his era. There was no one good enough at that time. But when we start saying stuff like, well, is Bill Russell better than LeBron James? That's when you start to start discounting it. That's like, okay, hold on. Look at who LeBron was doing it against and look at who Bill Russell was doing it against. That's where I bring that argument in. Personally. My right, favorite right. my favorite idea, man, is, you know, just on the topic of LeBron and MJ, I think, Isam, you're the one who told me about this, which really made me think it's 
during the nineties when you know MJ was going for a six beat, like there were a lot of superstars or stars that MJ blocked getting titles. Charles Barkley, Penny Hardaway. Oh wait, did he? No, he didn't. Um, yeah, you can go on. Like a uh, Shaq in the nineties, whatever. There are a lot of players that just couldn't get uh, Hakeem. Uh, besides, uh, I think the Rockets won when MJ wasn't in the league. He was retired. Carl, Carl, he was retired. John Stockton, those guys too. A lot of players were blocked from getting it. Whereas with Le- uh, in LeBron, you got Steph, KD, all these superstar talent that got uh, rings themselves, which is something that really made me think. So Omar, like, what are your thoughts on that? I think I think that's it's it's a bit unfair because when we when we talk about, you know, LeBron couldn't block the 08 Celtics from getting a ring. LeBron couldn't block them from getting a ring. But is that a fair comparison to say? I mean, we could talk about Jordan's early years and talk about how well, you know, when he was, he couldn't, Jordan couldn't block the Pistons, like, uh, because he kept losing to them. So that's, that's not fair. I obviously 2011 is going to exist. LeBron could have blocked Dirk from getting his ring. And that would be like one superstar right there that never got his ring. But then let's let's look at the other years. You know, we have two years of dominance in in uh, Miami. You have them losing to the Spurs, which were a phenomenal team with the greatest coach of all time with so many good players. And then we get into the Golden State era of things, right? You have 2015. LeBron couldn't block Stephen Clay from getting a ring. LeBron also had no one on that team because both Kevin Love and Kyrie were injured. Then you have 16 when he wins. Then you have 17 with Kevin Durant. Could Jordan even block that team? If you put Jordan on the Cavs instead of LeBron, could Jordan have stopped that team? I don't think so. I I, I, I don't think so. I don't think that anyone could have blocked them. So it's like it's it the the air the game is so different. Player movement is now is not what it used to be back then. If player move, if the player movement that we have now, when we have KD joining the greatest team of all time, if that existed in Jordan's era, Jordan wouldn't block all these players from getting rings either. You'd have John Stockton and Hakeem Olajuwon teaming up, and and then all of a sudden you wouldn't be able to say, "Well, look at Jordan blocking Stockton." Like it's it's so different. The entire environment, the NBA landscape with player movement, the way contracts are structured, the way they're shorter term, the way teams can move players around. It's so different now than it was then that it's hard to like, and I hate to be that guy, but a ring then isn't the same as a ring now. And I'm not discounting one or the other. I'm just saying it's almost like it's a different achievement. Like it's not this, the NBA title winning it in the nineties is almost like a different award winning it now. And I don't, I mean, I'm not discounting it one way or the other. I'm just saying that's how different the game is. It's almost like a different sport now. True. Like, um, I think, like you said, if, if player empowerment was as big back in the day when Jordan was playing, I don't think uh, Jerry Krause would have been allowed to break up the team, right? Like he could. Oh my God, Jerry Krause! Chicago management has always been bad. Front no, office yeah, has always been bad. The only rings they won was when Jordan was there. So, like, what does and, that say? And 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 a quick thing, just to you know, show that I'm not being biased with this. I'm not saying that player empowerment has always hurt LeBron. I mean, player empowerment and this movement and the ease of movement is also the reason why LeBron was on Miami in the first place, right? Like if we said 90s CBA, 90s rules apply 
LeBron would be on the Cavs for a very, very long time, and he wouldn't win his first ring till much later. It'd be a very different story. So I'm not saying that LeBron is just like, oh, poor LeBron. He's been hurt by player empowerment and stuff. He's also the reason why he's done well. But I'm just saying that there's like an equalization effect that's happening. And and it, the game is so different now. And, and I'm not talking about the on-court game. I'm talking about, you know, the business behind it, the rules, the the contracts, everything is so different. Like you said, now, like, could you imagine Jerry trying to break that team up? Dude, he'd probably, he'd probably, he'd get fired. Like Jordan would run out of town yeah, so quickly. You know, I, I, I read this one article and it was saying, if LeBron James has an issue with, uh, you know, uh, Rob Palenka, who do you think is going to win? Right. Yeah. If Giannis has an issue with, I don't know who the GM is for the Bucks, but yeah, who do man. you think would win? Man, you know Genie Bus is driving Palenka to the airport. <laughs> That's what so I'm saying. Because you have, but but back with Jerry Carlson, he pisses me off the way that he looks. Everything about him. You have Mike Jordan, the goat, and you have Phil Jackson, right? One of the greatest coaches of all time, and there's still issues that he's bringing on. How? And then he tried to retool, and it was such a disaster the bulls are cursed and they deserve to be cursed hey man we got it we got a new gm now so things are looking up you know he found which, Jokic. which, we, we, might, which we, might, we will get into we might find another Jokic. you know things things are looking up they're not that cursed man they finally got rid of uh paxson the same yeah. john paxson who you're gonna see playing on the court like he wasn't always the shriveled up like scheming piece of crap <laughs> that's in that's been in the office for like 20 years like you know he Wait, used to be a player isn't he still around? I thought they got rid of. Uh, uh, he's he's gonna guy. he's gonna get a new role, uh, uh, as big or as small as the new GM wants. Like it's kind of like, and I hate being this mean, but it's kind of like you just cut the cancer out and move on. But they're like, no, we'll keep him around. You know, he'll just be dwelling in the basement. Like, it'll, it'll yeah. do something. But um, uh, and and I'm kind of losing my train of thought. But one thing that I will mention when it comes to you, Ben, you're talking about. It is so unreasonable that the stars of that era had to deal with some of the shit that they had to deal with. It's like, are you serious? Look at me. I am literally the face of the sport. Why am I having to deal with this? Why are you more important than me when it comes to decision making and stuff, right? And a lot of the reason why things are different now than they were then are because of the steps that the stars of that era took. Like, particularly Kareem comes to mind significantly like the steps that he took during lockouts and and contract negotiations and like the 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 way jordan showed that a single player can be bigger than a sport right and and these things that these stars of that era did allowed the current stars to reap the benefits it allowed lebron to say i'm taking my talents to miami allowed lebron to get a new coach whenever he wants and and things like that right so like yeah you gotta pay homage and pay credit that like it wasn't always as easy back then so do you have any other thoughts on the last dance or any other things that you found interesting watching it for me personally it was definitely seeing how i mean i kind of watched some youtube videos and i knew generally how incompetent um the bulls front office was even having jordan and like the greatest player of all time and one of the greatest coaches but um was it was there anything of note uh watching this docuseries in parts one and two I mean, if the if the rest of the series is like the first two episodes, I think we're in for a good ride, man. Like, it's yeah. honestly, it was it was so good. Um, I'm just more curious to see like how how big this guy was, like just more just globally, like after yeah. they won the championships and like how his rise, like you know, got to that level of uh, where he got to. 
So that's just what I'm curious to see. Uh, I'm, per- I'm personally looking forward to the baseball years. <laughs> the, the see, years you know, do they let the, the truth come out or do they say, um, you know, I just needed a break? Like, I'm, I'm interested. I'm, I'm trying to see. You know what? You guys have convinced me. I will. I will check it out. And maybe, maybe, maybe after the uh, next episodes are up, so I have like a bit more content to watch. But, you know, um, it will be interesting. You know, let's let's keep tabs on it and let's bring Isam on like, you know, throughout these uh um throughout this time you know in a few weeks maybe like after the finale or something like that and we just recap like where we do it where we are i think that'd be good for by sure then, man. By, by then i think you'll be a uh, convinced i'm just the goat so hey, no, i don't know about that i, I don't know about that. <laughs> i'm seeing some i'm seeing some cowards uh on online that are you know like back uh, stepping back but me personally i'll always like trey young saying hmm Maybe Jordan will be number one after this docu uh, docu series is done, uh, rather than number two, right? I'm like Trey Young, you coward! You have a take, stick to it, damn it. MJ, like- baby, MJ is the goat, not even close. But what I was gonna say was they set it up very, very beautifully for uh, for Rodman. Uh, I'm excited to see where things go with the next episode when Dennis Rodman comes into play because he was crazy, you know, himself. So. I'm definitely excited to see where this where this uh, docu series goes. The funniest Rodman quote I, I ever saw was like I, I saw it a, a week ago or something like that. It said Dennis Rodman basically said he's never had a conversation with Michael Jordan that wasn't about basketball. <laughs> I heard that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> never had a conversation. And I just what? think about it. I'm like, just, both of these guys are crazy. Not just Rodman. Both yeah, of these guys Jordan. are crazy. Jordan's a, a guy- psycho. Yeah. If this guy is routinely traveling to North Korea to chill with Kim Jong Un, then you know he's crazy. <laughs> yeah, Jordan too. Jordan, too. Jordan too for just not even talking. It's like, what? What do you mean? Just, I just, think one, of one how thing I want to Yeah, go for it. No, one thing I want to shout out is Danny Ainge took Michael Jordan's lunch money. By the way, in a game of golf <laughs> oh. before game two of the series. So I just want to shout that out to my guy Danny Ainge. Oh, oh my god, my god. i forgot i i really wanted to eat something to come here but i forgot that he's a celtic fan danny <laughs> Ainge was building his war you know, chest from that up. day he's been <laughs> building his war chest from that day oh man what a omar you mentioned something about uh the bulls front office kind of yeah. you want to go into that just a little bit more yeah yeah let's 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 talk a little about it so let me make sure i get the pronunciation right because because this is my new hero but uh arturis uh karnisovas um he greek was yeah, he was part of the team that identified uh, Nikola Jokic on the Denver uh, Denver Nuggets, and you know, kind of developed and, and drafted him and developed him into the kind of superstar he is now, rivaling you know Joel Embiid as like the best center in the league. So that's really hopeful, and his whole philosophy on basketball is really modern. His whole the way he approaches the game, and like you said, he was brought in to change. And the Bulls front office is one of the they had one of the most tenured front office ever. Like you'll see like the tail end of this documentary. You'll, you'll, you'll see some names, you'll see some people and be like, wait, what are you saying? They're still around. Like, how is this possible? Right. And that's something that the bulls have been struggling with in a way, the, the, the Jordan championships were great for the franchise, but like you said, you haven't won after that. Right. It's almost like a curse in, in some ways it's like you have to such big shoes to fill but you also have to think about that those people and the decision and the brain trust that was involved in breaking that team up and ruining what was there is still around. And that's so crazy to think about. Like, I'm really hopeful for for, for the front office change. But one thing that still kind of gives me reservations is the it's, it's just 
uh, front office change. It's not an ownership change. Like, let me break it down like this. The reason why they hired a new, you know, uh, executive vice president of basketball operations or whatever the title is, John Paxson, the president of operations, went to the owner and said, I don't think I'm the right person for this job anymore. It's time for a change. And the owner said, yeah, you know what? I, let's sure. Let's let's make a change. And that's a great heartwarming story. You know, some great selflessness by John Paxson. I hate him. But if you think about it, what kind of job and what kind of boss do you have to be for you to not know that the person's doing a bad job and for you as an employee to come up to your boss and say, hey, man, I think you should probably get rid of me. And the boss says, really? Mm, all right. If you want, like, I would love to have a job like that where my manager gives me no oversight and it, it's on me to come up to them. So that just kind of shows what kind of ownership the Chicago Bulls have, the how how in tune they are with everything that's going on. I mean, I can't think of another team that would Put themselves in that position where someone needs to fire themselves just to leave the job. So I'm hopeful for for the changes. I hope the coach gets moved as well because he has a completely different basketball ideology um, compared to Arturis. But it's it, I, I'm hopeful, man. Maybe we can. Maybe this documentary. Maybe like all this change that we can happen during the pandemic can kind of spark like a, a new wave in Chicago, one of the biggest cities in the country, one of the most storied franchises in the league can stop being a laughing stock and stop being compared to like the Sacramento's of the world and things like that. It's time for big market teams to act big market, man. I want yeah. the Knicks to succeed. I want the Chicago Bulls to succeed. It's fun seeing big market teams do well. Yeah. You know? Like it's it's not just LA. You're like we want other teams to do well as well. So yeah, I'm all for it, man. I feel like you're definitely hold, you're holding on to you know a string, and you're you're definitely you're, you're setting yourself up for for a very sad time. But man, but I, I have I, had nothing. Literally, I was born in '96. I wasn't conscious when Jordan. Was <laughs> so, uh, um, I was born in Chicago. Actually, my my dad was there doing um, his his masters during the during the Jordan years. So, like that's he that's what got him into basketball, and he loves Jordan, and 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 he thinks he's the greatest and all that. But I never really experienced that because I moved out of Chicago like literally the year I was born, and then I've grown up in Toronto and stuff like that. So. I always have that connection because because they're my dad's favorite team. They're my favorite team as well. But man, it's tough to be a franchise that's like, you know, actually won and stuff like that. But I've never experienced that. So Toronto winning was huge because here's like, you know, my my home because I grew up here and I lived here and this was huge. But man, if I could see a Chicago title in my lifetime, it would just complete me, man. That would be amazing. Do you like, think, think about um, the Bulls? Like, I'm I'm a fan of the Bulls. Like, I, yeah. like obviously not as much as the Raptors or the Celtics, but I like the players they have. Like, they yeah. have a lot of young talent, like Kobe White, Zach Levine, Laurie yeah. Markin, and Adder. Who knows what happened to him? Lord yeah, knows. Um, but yeah, they have the talent. It's just they got to surround themselves. First of all, like, why is the coach? The first and foremost, they should have fired the coach like midway through the season. Like, I don't know why 100%. they got a new GM first, and then they're gonna yeah. probably deal with the coach. But I like the talent they have. They could do a lot with that roster, and um. I think this new GM is really going to turn things around, especially if he follows the same principles that he had in Denver. Yeah, um, I think you. I think he'll do good. I think he'll do good. I'm. 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 I'm looking forward to like just smart ownership like ben like you're a fan of the thunder you know what it's like to win on the margins right i yeah. want to get excited about a trade where we get a second round pick for for no reason or something like that mm -hmm. just because my guy was smarter than their guy i want to draft someone 
who no one else could think about, right? It's like no one, no one had Jokic on the radar, but this guy identified him, right? It's like that's the kind of stuff that I want to get excited about because obviously a championship, it it's not just like a flip of a switch, right? Chicago isn't that team where we can say like, all right, we're going to get uh, Anthony Davis and LeBron James and all of a sudden we're contenders, right? That's that's not where this team is right now, right? It's going to yeah. take time and winning on the margins and and doing smart moves. And, and I'm excited for that journey to begin because it has just been mismanagement and dumb moves for so long. Like supporting a team with a dumb front office is really different than supporting a team with bad players because bad players, you know, players come and go, but, but the brain trust, if you're or, like, Isam, you can have a season where the Celtics don't do well, where players underperform, but you don't. You never lose hope because you always have faith that Danny Ainge is going to make the yeah. right move, right? The the Thunder could be could be bad for the next four or five years, but you're not going to lose hope because you know Sam Presti is making the right moves to plan for the future. But when the Bulls miss the playoffs, like in the last uh, last couple of years. That hurts because that's all I had going for me. I don't have faith that they were going to make the right move, right? I was like, man, maybe we could sneak in as an eight seed. And and so now it's like if they do bad, if they rebuild, it's all right because I know someone smart's going to guide them in the right direction. Hopefully, I feel hopefully. like they definitely. I feel like they definitely needed a fresh start because yeah. I mean, some of the draft picks they made in um, like the past years, they've been great. Like Derrick Rose, yeah, uh, Zach Levine. Um, like there's a bunch of like even dating back to Elton Brand they, they picked up. Uh, so they made really good picks. It's just the management after that, so like yeah. surrounding the roster with the right pieces or the right coach. Um, they've definitely struggled with that. So, and I think marketing um, will bounce back with a fresh start. Fresh I think coach, that's. I think yeah. he's just. I think it's just internal motivation that's lacking. I know injuries got to him as well, but you need that drive inside you to really perform the way that you you can. But why play to your utmost potential when you know the brains is not much of a brain at all right like why put yourself through that much um you know uh, damaging your body damaging all of that and you're getting older with this one franchise who really isn't doing that much for you so so, as a rookie he was averaging like 15 points a game he was doing great they're treating him like he's kyle corver like a three-point shooter and yeah honestly it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's, and, and it's so sad because, you know, like you, you see you see him come in, you're like, this is literally the future of the NBA. This is amazing. We got our Dirk. This is going to be amazing. And then uh, the coach that he likes gets fired, replaced by Jim Boylan, who has these archaic philosophies. Like like I've, I've told Ben this before. Jim Boylan is, is a football coach. Like like he's literally had lines where it's like they're asking about players in a postgame interview. And Jim was like, oh, yeah, that, kid, that kid's got heart. That kid's got heart, you know, and, and he played football in high school. I like those guys like like he's the, that kind of coach. So the one thing I'll, the one thing I'll say yeah. about Boylan is like, I think he gets his teams to play hard because yeah. they're pretty good. They're pretty good defensively with like the two games I've watched against the Celtics this year. Like yeah. they've they've played them really well um, and they're, they're really good defensively. But offensively, it's just like give the ball to Zach Levine and make some magic happen and that's yeah. not how you should be playing basketball right yeah and and when robin lopez was on the team last year it'd be like all right let's uh we gotta we we're gonna run some modern offense all right drop it to robin lopez in the post like this isn't Jokic, Embiid, anthony davis who calling a pulse play for them they're calling pulse plays for robin lopez out of timeout so like literally they yeah. have a timeout they drop their perfect play to get a basket and it's a post up for robin lopez and like zach levine of course, is like what the hell? Like, why didn't I get the ball on this play? So it's, and it's that boy Kobe White, that boy Kobe White was balling out before uh, yeah. the happened. That, he was killing it, man. Yeah. Uh, I think he was averaging like twenty plus. Mm-hmm. 
the yeah, he, he was coming off the up. bench, dropping yeah. twenty for like a very long time. Like it, no doubt, it's, it's Isam said it. Like there are a lot of good young players there that I'm not ready to give up on yet. Like I, they still have like a few seasons before I before I say any, before I give up on marketing or something like that. So I'm just glad that like I, it's not just blind hope now. It's like, oh, it'll all work out. Hopefully now it's like, you know what? Like at least there's a plan. There's a vision. Like mm-hmm. when the Thunder lost that play, uh, the playoff series, the the, the final Russ uh, uh, era and the Russ era before it ended, before you knew about the trade, like you probably felt like a little bit of hopelessness almost, right? Where you're like, what's the plan? Like, how do we get out of here? Right? Like this was supposed to be the team. We got Paul George. We got Russell Westbrook. How did we lose this badly? Like what are we supposed to do is are we just going to say oh run it back next year maybe we'll do better or something like that when teams around you are getting better and better and stuff like that and you're aging and getting worse and worse so it's like when that trade happened it's like there was shock but all of a sudden it's like there is a clear vision on what this team is and what yeah. we're going to do and and that's what gives you hope going forward and i hope you know like no definitely it, there was that sense of hopelessness especially when everybody thought this was a team and I, and I said this time and time again when that trade happened of course it was a shock factor but when i thought about it i'm like this was the best thing to happen to the thunder in a very very long time so i think with that we will conclude we will yep. wrap things up uh yeah. isa thank you so much again for coming on to the podcast man for sure um, man anytime always, you guys ask always Always need some ammunition when going against LeBron fans. You know what I'm saying? So it's <laughs> we were much more one. civil than I thought we'd be. We were. Yeah, we I, were. Th- I thought it was going to be like like fire being spitted out and like I, <laughs> yeah, I thought it'd be it was, like a it was, whole. It'd be another pandemonium. It was very. I, I was poking at Omar trying to get him to react, but he was strong this time. I'm gonna have to get him next time. After I watch the fun. documentary, I don't know when we have Isam on, on at the end of the series. Maybe maybe it'll be a little different then, because I can see some blasphemous takes coming out of Binyasa uh, once he's done the series in the, in the aftershock of it. You're like, damn, is LeBron even top five though? Like, <laughs> all right, Omar, interesting. Cue yep. that music. For everybody listening to this very, very long episode, thank you so much, first and foremost. Please follow at The Session Ball on Instagram. Um, That's where you're going to find our daily content and posts. On top of that, be sure to review and comment. Leave five stars on Apple Podcasts or however you are listening. Um, From everybody here in the podcast, unless you have something else to say, Omar. Cheers. Perfect. Peace out, guys. Later, bros.